0: got your book with you how many's got your book with you all right so we left off on the apostolic prophets and prophetic apostles and there's a couple fill-ins i'm going to go through these fill-ins really quick so that i can get into today's lesson with you so if you've got your books you can take these fill-ins if you don't got your book you can write these down and you can fill in your book when you get home um so the apostolic prophets and prophetic apostles under a your fill-in there is apostolic prophet is there, is, is there a fill-in in your book for that? There's not? No. Okay. Well, what is your fill-in? We have those. You have those? Oh, did we do that already? Say what? Yeah, we are we are starting in session 13, chapter 14 today. That's where we're starting today. I'm going back a little bit because Isabel taught last month and I want to give you the fill-ins for last month's lesson so, so that you have them. What page in your well, What page in your manual is it? One fill-in, did you say 87? Yeah, 87. Okay, hold on. Okay, you have that. 87, and which one don't you have? C. Oh, the next page, and 88. Okay, so same calling but not the same capability, is your fill-in there. Same calling but not the same capability. Okay, so in other words, all who are called to the office of the prophet do not have the same commission to fulfill. In other words, some people um, are called to be on-the-road prophets. Some people are called to be prophets in their local church. So you may be called a prophet, um, but you have a different capability than somebody else. And, yeah, you have a different call. So some prophets are local. Some prophets are in the church. Some prophets are national. Some prophets um, are global, right? Um, some prophets are on, you see them on television or you see them on the Internet, right? Um, so some, the same calling but not the same capability. Okay, okay. Um, and then he, Dr. Bill Hammond goes on to say all who are called to the office of the prophet do not have the same commission to fulfill the church. Some are local church prophets whom God has enabled to pastor the church or lead up their own ministry or write books. Some are called like Abigas to give the word of the Lord to key people now and then. And so it's a little bit different. So each person the same calling but a different capability within that calling. Okay, so what is the next filling that you have? top of 89. All right. So, <clears throat> yep. If having your own pulpit, right? Now, this is a good example of improper response. Do, hold on. 89. It's it, sign, call them, call them all right. Where is it? B. Mine's different from yours. Prophesying fivefold callings can bring confusion. Is that where we're at? Okay. So down in number two, do you have a fill-in there? No. no Okay. B? B. Wrong concept. So when people have the wrong concept about ministry or calling, they may sometimes immediately try to enter that ministry before God's timing. Hence, they do not understand the years of preparation before the actual commissioning. This is a good example of improper response due to wrong concept. So a lot of people, let me talk about that just for a second. So a lot of people will receive a prophetic word, and they'll jump right into that prophetic word the next day. I'm going to Africa. We're going to go to Africa you know, and so the next day you're buying your plane ticket, you're going down and getting your passport and you're heading over to Africa, right? Um, but God might say, wait a second, that's not for now. That's where I'm taking you in the future. So meanwhile, between now and that part of your future, we're going to prepare you so that I can enable you to be commissioned to go there. Does that makes sense? So that, so you go with the anointing and you don't fall flat on your nose. Right. right. You want to ask me a question? Uh, in the book, we're going to start today on Lesson 13, Session 13, Chapter 14, in the book. It's on, yeah. So that's where we're going to start. I'm, I'm just giving you fill-ins from last month real quick before we get there. This is what I'm doing, yeah, because we didn't have last month's lesson. Yeah, so I'm just going to give you kind of a little review and fill in some blanks for you. Okay, so under modern-day apostolic prophets and prophetic apostles, um, that's on page 89 in your book. Do you have a fill-in there? Two of them. So you have it in letter A? Okay. So some Christian teachers and theologians have described the ministry of an apostle as being that of an administrator or a spiritual overseer. So administrator or spiritual overseer. Of uh, a spiritual overseer of church ministers and churches, um, we'll look at the historical context of an overseer is needed. Okay, so then we're going to turn the page, and so that would be page uh, 90 in your book, right? You have several. Do you have several fill-ins there under prophets, apostles are needed? Okay. That's on a different page for me. Okay, so let's go there, so I'll give you those fill-ins, and then we'll go ahead and start our lesson today. Okay, so A, if a church is built with the ministry of the apostle alone, without the prophetic ministry, then it becomes so structured. That's your first fill-in. So it becomes so structured and ordered that it becomes lifeless and formal without the fiery flow of praise and power. Mm -hmm. So structured, ordered, lifeless, and formal. 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 F-O-R-M-A-L. And then letter B, on the other side, if it's built on the prophet alone, the people will become so spiritually activated, that's your feeling, that everyone is a law unto himself or herself. And this leads to fanaticism. Okay, so you can't. You if you, you know someone's once said, if you have all spirit, you blow up. If you have the word, you dry up. You got to have both. You got to have both the word and the spirit. They flow together, yeah. right? So they're not separate from one another. They flow together. But if you have one and not the other, then you can run into a little bit of fanaticism there. Okay, mm-hmm. fanaticism. So spiritually activated. That everyone is a law unto himself or herself. And I'm sure you've ran into people like that, probably, that are, they seem to be so spiritually minded. Um, it just seems like, I don't know, they're up here somewhere, you know. <laughs> no earthly good. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, we need to be spiritually minded so we can be earthly good, right? So you could use that in both contexts, right? So, But if you're going to be spiritually minded, you're going to be what? You're going to be filled with the Word of God. Right. Because in order to be spiritually minded, you've got to have the word of God living and dwelling on the inside of you because the spirit's not going to do anything against the word. So they go together. Right. So it's important that as you're seeking the Lord for more, more, um, more anointing and that kind of thing in your life, that you remain true to the word of God. Because heaven and earth will pass, but God's word will never pass, right? So you can have all of these things, but if you don't have God's word, we've got nothing. So we need the word. So, and you will prophesy according to the word that you have on the inside of you. No, it, you just can't uh, prophesy because you, you see a lot of people prophesying things to the wind. But when you have the word anchored in your life and grounded in your life, Your prophecy is going to become more accurate. You're going to be more steadfast in the things of the kingdom because the spirit and the word work together. That's a whole other message, but i just share that with you. Um, The letter C, putting the apostle and prophet together brings a balance. So that's what we want. We want balance, right? Um, Between structure and spirituality, doctrine and demonstration, prophetic perspective, and spiritually and apostolic order and authority. So we have balance in river. Um, we, have, we have a wonderful balance in here. We have the balance of the teaching of the word. We have the balance of the gifts of the spirit. We have the balance of the prophetic ministry. So we've got a lot of beautiful balance in here, and we kind of um, iron sharpens iron. You know, we kind of sharpen ourselves off one another in the gifts and the talents that we have here in this house. So that's what I mean when I say balance. It balances us. Okay, D, the fathers in faith can come from the, all of the five-fold ministries. So, you know, we hear a lot of times we got fathers in the faith. They can come from all five-fold ministry. So we had Oral Roberts. He was a father of what? Healing. So uh, let's see. We had um, Kenneth Copeland. Who is he? He's still, he's still with us, but he's a father of faith. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin, Papa Hagen, father of faith. Um, we have uh, who, who is a mama in the kingdom? Um, Marilyn Hickey is a mama in the kingdom. Yes. Powerful. Joyce Meyer is another mama. She's a character, right? She's like a kind of lady you want to hang out with, you know? Um, and who else am I thinking of? We have, uh, Catherine Kuhlman. She was what? A mother, a mother of healing, right? So we have a lot of mamas and daddies in the church. Okay. So. Isabel, yeah, we have Isabel too. What a powerful mom in the church, right? A powerful apostolic anointing upon her life as well as the prophetic anointing. Okay, so every every leader needs a relationship. So every one of us needs someone to iron sharpens iron to come together. So, okay, so your fill in there is um, outside. is your first one. Um, in other words, so I fall directly under pastor Dave and Ina so they're like my overseer they're like my shepherd right everything that I do falls under them and because I submit to them the same anointing they have I have right and they want me to have it (laughs) they want me to have what they have right and so when you sit here in this class you come under me and I want you to have what I have right and then when you mentor somebody then you want them to have what you have Right, so you don't all you don't want to keep them in a box. You want them to grow and you want them to flourish. But we all need somebody to be accountable to. Okay, so I am very much accountable to them. All right. Um. In this hour, God is raising up and commissioning apostolic prophets and prophetic apostles that will fulfill the role of spiritual fathers in the church. So we're seeing that today more now than ever. Now remember, this book was written back in the 80s. And so we, we fast forward to the 21st century, and now we see that some of these very words that he wrote on the pages of this book are now being fulfilled right now. Right. So we've got a lot of prophets and apostles that are emerging among us. Right. And we're seeing a lot of fathers rising up in the kingdom of God and mentoring others to become like them. We're really in the greatest dispensation of time ever right now. We're we're in the time right now where the prophets before us wish they could be, you know, in this moment. You have a question. Oh, hold on. I will go back there. All right. Uh, Yep um apostolic prophets and prophetic apostles Mm -hmm. so we're going to get right into our lesson i want to give you this lesson today it's it's, this is powerful scripture um and i'm going to pull it up and read it to you first so we're going to we're going to start with session 13 and chapter 14 did i bring my phone I'm gonna share some key things with you today out of Ezekiel. and I get excited because I love Ezekiel. And um, I love some of the profound visions that Ezekiel had. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna go to if you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me. If not, you can just hold hold the brakes and listen to me for a second. Um, but we're going to talk about Ezekiel 37 and 1 through 4, and we're going to relate this chapter to what we are currently in right now in our prophetic walk with the Lord. So, if you're in your books and following me, um, God has a divine process of restoration that takes place line upon line and can be compared to the restoration as shown in Ezekiel's visions of the dry bones. This same pattern is followed whether there is a prophecy coming forth to the world, to a nation, to a church, or to an individual. And I love how Dr. Bill Hammond explains this. So I'm going to read read the scripture to you. You're familiar with it, but I just want to, as we go through this. So in verse 1, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me in the spirit of the Lord and sat me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, now this is the Spirit of the Lord talking to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? So he answered, O Lord, you know. And again, the Spirit of the Lord said to him, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And then verse seven, he goes on to say, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Imagine what that must've looked like. <laughs> Indeed, as I looked." Um, the, the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And so he said to them again, so now you got all this skin and everything forming on these bones and all these skeletons and this great big, huge open field. And they got all these bodies and nothing was happening. Okay. So then he said, prophesy to the, the, the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Wow. Then he said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, O bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. That's powerful. So just that alone, we could preach on that. But Dr. Bill Hammond goes through a structure here, and I want you to get this today. So uh, number one, your first fill in there is noise. The noise came from two sources. The voice of the Lord is repeated seven times describing his voice and what it does. And so number two, it says that noise of all the bones coming together, trying to find their proper place. But listen to what the spiritual application of this is. The first thing that happens in the prophetic process is the sound of prophecy being spoken. So you're getting a prophetic word, and the very first thing you hear is the sound of that prophetic word right? Sometimes the sound of the prophetic word makes you cry. Sometimes it makes you stand at attention. Sometimes it makes you think, "Uh oh, we're going in the direction that maybe I don't want to go in, right? But the first thing you hear is the noise. And that was the first thing that Ezekiel heard was the noise. So the first thing that happens in the prophetic process is the sound of the prophecy being spoken. The first sign of creative prophecy is not necessarily peace and harmony, but noise and confusion. But if everyone holds steady in faith and clarity with a clear prophetic direction comes forth. Now, how many have ever gotten a word and you've been like, wait a second, I don't know if I agree with that. And it like brings confusion to you a little bit like, uh, that wasn't, they said that last time. But they didn't say it in quite that way. And so like a little bit of confusion comes in. So you're hearing the noise of that prophecy. You're you're beginning to discern that prophecy. Okay. But if you hold on, if you hold on, the clarity will come in that word. It was like, I'll give you an example real quick. So when Ivan, Isabel was married to Ivan, and this was back, I want to say probably 2013 or 14 that the word was given to me that I was going to go to Africa, that I was carrying this long train behind me and I had all these carts in the train and I was pulling this, pulling this cart with me and that there was four more years of study for me and that I needed to have that because I was going to put stuff into my cart and that Africa was calling my name, I was going to go to Africa. Well, I lost him on Africa. I had to later go back and hear about the rest of the prophecy because I lost him. I was done hearing when he said Africa, right? (laughs) I was like, you know. Too much confusion came in and I was done. I'm not hearing anymore. Uh, Pius then went to Africa and brought me home a stone. So he's going over to Kenya and, and I said, you know what? Because now I'm thinking about Africa. Okay, well, maybe if I have something from there, I can pray, right? So I said, bring me home something. So what does he bring me home? A stone on so a stone. I have that stone. So he brings me on this stone, and so I got the stone in my hand, and I'm I'm really trying to get the vision that I'm going to Africa. Never mind the cart and the train. You know, I just, I got you know I had to get some clarification. I was confused a little bit, right? Because I didn't have the heart to go to Africa at that point in my life. You know, how many of you ever got a word that you're going somewhere and you don't want to go there, or you didn't think you were going to go there? Okay, so that's where I was. So I'd hold on to the stone. <clears throat> And I would just say, Lord, if you want me to go to the ground where this stone comes from, then I want to go there. But I need for you to give me your heart to go there. I got to know that it's your heart. I know the prophet spoke it, and I believe the prophet, and I'll prosper. But, God, you got to give me that revelation, too. So when I I talk like this, I don't want you to take your prophecy and put it on a shelf someplace. I want you to work your prophecy. So I'm working my prophecy here. And then um, another lady comes one day, and she gives me an African outfit. Just out of the clear blue sky, she'd gone over to Africa, and I got this African outfit. And so and I got the little thing that goes around your head. I don't know what that's called, but I've got it. It goes around your head. So now I got the stone and the outfit, you know. And so I'm, I'm praying, Lord, help me with this. I know know this is what you have for me, but I just need a vision of it. Well, then time went on, and I got invited to go to this place in New Jersey to speak and there was 150 people there, and they were from all over the world. It was a global meeting, and they kind of, for a whole week, they teach and they train the leaders to go back to the various parts of the world that they come from to teach and train. And so they had called me and wanted me to do a prophetic hour up there and to teach on, on the prophetic ministry. And so at first, I kind of scuffled my feet at it thinking, what am I going to teach these bishops and these people that are coming from all over, right? Right but then i had a revelation so then the first time i stood i got up to teach on the prophetic and when i looked out everywhere i could see were people from africa they were from kenya zimbabwe zambia ethiopia south africa and i thought and then i had a revelation lord you brought africa to me (laughs) i was i was like wow god so So we can't put prophecy in a box, right? We hear the noise of the prophecy, but we can't hold it to a box. But we can give ourselves to it. Then clarity will come to that prophetic word spoken. Does that make sense? Okay. (laughs) All right. So the next thing that Ezekiel saw was the shaking. So that's your next fill-in. So after the prophetic word is spoken, then comes a great shaking, Scriptures that speak of prophetic shaking are some of these. Jeremiah 1.10. Jeremiah was told that his prophecies would do twice as much shaking, destroying and rooting out before there could be a planting and a rebuilding. Then again in Judges with Gideon to Israel concerning victory. It was rooted out and shook over 31,700 men who had responded to the trumpet call before it only brought 300 together in unity. And then we have Exodus 1, 1 through 23. Moses going back to Egypt to fulfill the glorious prophecy of Exodus to Israel. Things got worse before the prophecy began to work. So I want to tell you that sometimes when you receive a prophetic word, things will get worse before they get better. Because there's a making of the man or there's a making of the woman and so when that begins to happen we don't only got the noise but we got the shaking and sometimes we feel it we feel the shaking we think it's not supposed to happen this way i'm being shaken to the core and i shouldn't be being shaken this way i've been in the ministry 15 years you know or i've been in the ministry 35 years god this can't be happening now right so that's the shaking because god is making the person so listen to the spiritual application here Usually after a person uh, receives a prophetic word, there'll be a great shaking in his or her life before the birth of the prophetic movement. Um, In 1988, there was much prophecy going on to the nations. And he goes on to say, in 1988, there was a great shaking in all the realms like an earthquake. Some of these were, the Berlin Wall was shaken and torn down and the Iron Curtain was ripped in two. Dictators came trembling and falling down. Like countries in Panama, we took out a dictator there. Religious leaders who had immorality in their lives were shaken loose from their international popular- popularity. So sometimes there's, when the word goes forth, there's a powerful shaking that comes. A divine principle in the prophetic process is that there's nearly always gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> if you have received a major prophecy concerning great growth in your church or great ministry, deliverance or prosperity for your life, Yet everything seems to be doing the opposite, falling apart and getting worse. He goes on to say, then rejoice, for you are in stage two of the process. <laughs> so you are now, we passed stage one, but now we're in stage two. So we heard the noise, we got the, we, okay, God, we're agreeing. But now comes the shaking. And sometimes when a powerful word comes into our lives, whether it's the church or individual, there's a shaking that happens. The enemy comes in because the enemy doesn't want the word of God to come to pass. He does not want you to stand on the prophetic word that God has given you. Remember, we call those things as though they're not as though they are. So when you receive a prophetic word that you're going to do greater things in your latter days than you did in your earlier times, and there's a shaking that comes before that, you've got to know that you have to stand on the word and call those things as though they're not as though they are. You have to remind the Lord, God, this is what you said to me. You said this thing to me, and so I'm going to call those things as though they're not as though they are. You said I'm going to the nations, I'm going to the nations. You said that healing's gonna come out of my mouth, healing's gonna come out of my hands, and that's what's gonna happen, Lord, because that's what you said. And I'm gonna stand, and all hell can come against me, but I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna see the salvation of my God. I'm gonna see that prophetic word come to pass in my life, even if there's a shaking. That makes sense? Okay. Noah's the devil. He's the same devil, he's the same devil that comes. He's the same one that comes and tries to rip and steal and kill and destroy and tries to get you off from the word and get you get your mind on all kinds of crazy stuff. So we need to come back and refocus. All right. So it's C. So he heard the noise and then he saw the shaking. Now, get this picture. So hears the noise. Now, this is like live bodies coming to life, bones coming to life. So he sees the shaking then he sees, he sees them coming together. Now, see, coming together after the great shaking, the bones began to come together. So the noise, the shaking, and now the bones are coming together. So you got all these dry bones in the field, and the head's popping on, and the arms are popping on. Just imagine the sight that he was seeing. Okay. So after the great shaking, the bones came together. So the spiritual application here is, after the Lord has taken care of everything that he wants shaken down and destroyed, and proper adjustments have been made um, begins the time when plans, people, and provisions begin to come together. So now the bones are coming together. You get the picture. The fingers are reattaching. Everything is coming together. The feet are toes are all coming together. The ears are being placed properly because you had all these dry, dead bones, just an old skeleton laying there. So now when that happens, plans and people and provisions begin to come together. So I'll tell you a little, another little story. So. My daughter, Tanya, she's in law school. And at this moment, she when she received this word, this prophetic word, she had just started law school. So she had just passed her LSAT, and she was just now going into her first semester of law school. And so uh, Isabel had a word for her. She, Isabel was on Zoom. It was during COVID, and she was on Zoom, and she had a word for Tanya. Now, she'd never met Tanya, never saw Tanya, but she said the eagle has landed. And that's a, that's a word they use all the time in law school. The eagle has now landed. And so um so that got her attention right away. And, so, and then the Lord said to her through that prophetic word, now that you have stepped into the plan that I have for you, I will make provision for you. And I will make the way straight. I will bring people into your pathway. I will bring those that will help you. You're not going to have to seek those people out. I'm going to bring them to you. Well, over the past year and a half while she's been in law school, she has god has brought people to her and so she's got one of the power most powerful internships in in virginia right now she works for a defense a a real powerful defense attorney that works with within the military her husband's in the military and she and many and she gets paid she's the only paid (laughs) one too so she gets paid too and um she says mom and she recites to me that prophetic word that she got on zoom so after the shaking and after the noise is the coming together and that's when god when you're in his perfect plan he begins to bring the provisions that you need to fulfill that word of god in your life okay so d the next thing that happens to these skeletons is muscle and flesh so that's your filling. so muscle and flesh after the skeleton has come together the next phase is to bring those things which give strength and a well rounded ministry so after you've been through all that stuff, then your strength comes. So the muscles and the flesh come to your body, and muscles are strength. Strengthening your muscles, and they come, and now you're stepping into the powerful ministry that God has given to you. So first you hear the noise, then you have the shaking, then there's a coming together, then comes your strength. And how many of you have ever felt that in the process of a prophetic word? Have you ever felt that? I pray, I, I pray that you can feel that in your own lives. So... Spiritual application here is, in a movement, after a movement is birthed, has gone through its shaking, and has had its coming together on the people, then the prophetic process brings the structure, the order, the wisdom, is that, is that a feeling in your, in your book? Okay, you don't, okay, okay. Um, so it brings the structure, order, wisdom, and anointing for holding it together and directing the movement. Um, the, of a skeleton with power and wisdom. Divine guidelines structure relationships form that help people both inside and outside the movement to relate together. On the case of an individual life, God gives divine enablement and wisdom to act upon the prophetic word and to put the muscle and fullness into the prophetic promise. So once, once it receives the muscle and the flesh, the direction, the movement, the order, the structure of what God's calling you into begins to be unfolded in front of you. So E, the next thing that he saw was the skin. So it must have been a powerful picture for him to see. So now the skin is being placed on all these dry, dead bones. <laughs> so this is the covering placed upon the body to protect it from the negative elements. So the scriptural application to this is, this stage of process represents several areas. Number one, you need to keep your covering, family, church, senior pastor, apostle, prophet, prophetic apostle, apostle is the head of it. Two, you need to keep the skin covering of the garment of praise and positive forgiving attitude towards all who trespass against you. Um, Skin represents the thing that enables us to adjust to varying circumstances of life as adapting to hot and cold atmospheres. So our skin protects us from those things. And so he talks about um, forgiving attitudes towards those who trespass against you. So a lot of times you're right on the verge of your healing or you're right on the verge of stepping into your destiny. Then all of a sudden a prophet stands in front of you and says, You've got to forgive. (laughs) right? And then you realize that there's still some hidden things in there that I, maybe that's why I'm not going forward. Maybe that's why this, I haven't had closure on this yet. So always be, you know, guarding your heart. So when people offend you, because how many people offend you all the time? And so when they offend you, we need to become that, that uh, waterfall that allows that spirit of offense to just roll off. We don't want to harbor that offense Um, because that will stall us from going on into our destiny with the Lord. Remember I told you about my father, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said to me, very clearly, if you don't forgive your father, Kimberly, you will never go on in me. And he said that to me some 30 years ago. You've got to forgive him. And so I look back at that now, and I think, had I not have forgiven him, would I be here today? Probably not, because the Lord spoke to me and said, you won't go on in me today. You might have a good life, but you're not going to go on in me right? So forgiveness is key to your ministry. It's key to uh, key to everything that we do. We're going to be hurt and offended by people. We're going to be spiritually abused at times by people. Um, and we got to learn as, as mature believers how to let those things go, how to let them go and give them to God and not harbor those things in our heart. So I would say today that if you have that in your heart, then you need to be like Isabel and each send it to the cross and forgive them. And just don't let the monkeys out and just continue to forgive them because people will always try, because it's the enemy, try to hurt you and offend you. It's up to us to release them into the kingdom. Okay, so the next thing that happens, well, did I read number three? No. Uh, you need to develop a thick skin and a tough hide. Thin-skinned people will not make it in this hour, especially prophets and prophetic people who are easily offended. And prophetic people, we're, we sometimes tend to be easily offended. Um, You will never maintain your ministry if you have a spirit of rejection, a persecution complex, unforgiving attitude, or a vengeful response to pressure or persecution, you know. So, again, just allow that spirit of offense to flow off of you. Don't harbor that, you know, because when you have that, there's another realm that you can get into, and that's bitter root judgments. So you can get into a bitter root judgment. And let me explain a bitter root judgment like this. So... You have unforgiveness in your heart. Someone's offended you. And I'll use the husband-wife situation. I'll use a a case like this. So you have a a husband and wife. They're married. And they were both married before. So now they're in their second marriage. And God has blessed their second marriage. But they got some stuff going on in their second marriage. So they've got some unforgiveness from previous marriages. And so um, the, the wife has such bad memories of her first marriage that now she just thinks that her second marriage is, he's going to do the same thing to her that her first husband did. And so then she forms a bitter root judgment against her second husband, thinking that he everything that he's doing is the same thing that the other one did. And she doesn't see it because she just she's trying to protect herself from that hurt and that wound. But because he didn't show up at nighttime, he stayed out all night, all, all night long. I know you're going to do the same thing. You're going to stay out all night long. And this one over here got drunk all the time. I know you're going to go over to that bar and get drunk. And so out of her mouth, she verbally speaks what she had gone through in her first marriage. And so it has become a bitter root judgment. So she's expecting that judgment to happen to her second husband. That's a bitter root judgment. So if we don't get, it's awful, if, if we don't get rid of that offense, then before we know it, we're accusing someone else of doing that offense because we're trying to guard ourselves we've not let go of it the first time so that's why it's important in the prophetic ministry that you allow the spirit of offense to roll off you okay so then the next thing that ezekiel saw was the breath of life so ezekiel's first prophesying caused the first first five steps of the prophetic process to take place but he had to prophesy again to bring life within the body So the spiritual application is here, and I love how he talks about John Haas and Martin Luther. Historically, John Haas and Martin Luther shook the religious kingdoms of their day and brought forth the beginning of a great reformation. The prophetic and apostolic movement are designed to be a new prophetic voice to the body of Christ until the resurrection life flows into the church and it stands up and starts marching throughout the whole earth as a great army of the Lord before Christ's literal and personal second coming, there will be a coming of Christ in Revelation knowledge to bring the church to the fullness and the truth of maturity. So we're going to see that happen, maybe not in this lifetime, but we're going to see that happen where the church of Jesus Christ comes to full maturity. And when we see that, we can know that the time is coming when the Messiah, when Jesus Christ is coming back. And I love how he talks about John Haas and Martin Luther because... They shook the religious kingdom of their day. And we've got prophets today that are beginning to shake the nations of this world. The very words that they speak out of their mouth. And I have, One of my professors said, we need 50,000 Martin Luthers. We need, we, we need 50,000 John Haas. We need, we need to have them in this day because they're reformers. And they weren't afraid to speak out of their mouth the righteousness things of God. So we need to be prophetic people in this hour that will dare to speak the truth Unwaveringly. just speak it as god gives it to you okay so the army of the lord was was the next one so the army of the lord the result of ezekiel's prophecy is that the dry bones came together flesh and then breath of life came in and last it became an exceedingly great army activated into warfare ministry now this is this is israel the church has always been an army but it is being prepared to fight we will be co-laborers together forever with Jesus Christ. In every scripture in the Bible, speaking of Christ subduing all of his enemies, the church is intimately joined with him in co-laboring in that ministry. And there's several scriptures there that you can look up for that. Powerful. So we're co-laborers with Jesus. And we are. We, God is getting ready for us to be activated into warfare ministry. That is, we see what's happening in the world and we dare to stand up against it that is that we see that we don't fight against flesh and blood but we fight against against principalities and rulers and high places right Ephesians 6 put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and having done all to stand stand therefore again so we are in this season and time where we are standing We are standing on the principles of God, and we are standing on the Word, and there's no compromise when you stand completely on the Word of God. Compromise goes, and you stand as a soldier ready to do battle for Jesus. Amen? Um, So H, restoration to the homeland, saints take the kingdom. The final result for Israel in this prophetic process in Ezekiel was that they were to take back their home and land that belonged prophetically to their father Abraham. The spiritual application of the closing of this prophecy, the final result of the prophetic process within God's people, the church, is that they will take back their homeland that belongs to their father God. Planet Earth belongs to God, not the devil, and not a wicked nation. So in our lifetime, we take when our prophetic words come to pass, we take that land that God has given to us. Will I go to Africa someday physically? I bet I will. Will I go someplace out to to Nicaragua someday? I bet I will. Will I go to Puerto Rico? I bet I will. Those are all names in the prophecy. So all these names that he put in the prophecy, will I go to those places? I bet that I will. So I'm going to stand and take back my rightful place in the kingdom of God. So if God says something to me prophetically, I'm going to have that. I'm going to have that. If God speaks to me that I have the keys of the kingdom to use for the body of Christ, then I'm going to use those keys of the kingdom for the body of Christ. Whatever he says, I am going to do. Whatever that prophetic word speaks to me, whatever the word of God says, that's what I'm going to do. And so I'm going to prophetically stand and watch these dry bones in Kimberly come to life. I'm going to watch the bones and the skin, and I'm going to watch the breath of God come, and I'm going to see the fullness of God's prophetic word in my life. And so we have to, as prophetic people, we have to be in that place. The whole prophetic movement that we're seeing now is rightfully God's people rightfully taking their place in the kingdom of God. And we need to Virginia rightfully take our place. And there's there's no time to not take your place. So whatever your word is that God has given to you, you need to stand to take that prophetic word and hold on to it and run with it. Amen. The Bible was spoken by holy men of God that were inspired of God to write that word. And when a prophet stands in front of you and they hear from God and they speak to you, that's God's word to you. And you can hold on to that word. And if you have that word on the shelf and you've forgotten about it, then go get it off the shelf and begin to let life come to that old dry part of you that you've allowed to sit on the shelf right because when we allow it to sit on the shelf it's a rusty dry part of us that's sitting over there and we want every part of our body to be filled with the power and the resurrection power of jesus christ we want the word to come to pass in our life we don't want to put it on the wayside You know, i heard somebody say well prophecy my, my prophecy hasn't come to pass and so i just gave up on it well it's because no, because you gave up on it. Because you allowed it to sit there. So there's, there's yeah, and there is there is a powerful timeline. And remember, we studied early on. We studied about how God has a purpose, a man, a person to head up a revival. Um, and we talked about the Reformation movements of God and how God has moved and breathed in different times and dispensations of the Lord, and how the Reformation came, the first great awakening, the second great awakening, and how the prophetic movement had its place through all those generations. And right up till now, the prophetic movement is continuing to move and breathe, and we're seeing people being raised up in this hour and speaking the word of God, people that we've never heard of before. Or if we did, we heard heard about them maybe 10, 15 years ago, but now you really see their name. You really see their name. Like, John. Jonathan Cahn some 15 years ago, you didn't know who Jonathan Khan was, but now you know who Jonathan Khan is, right? So now God is raising up prophets in this hour to speak the truth to you and I, and we're seeing it unfold in our lives. And so if you're holding on to a word that God has given to you maybe 10, 15 years ago, you've got to know that that word of God is going to come to pass in your life. Allow the dry areas in our bones that have become dry, allow them to come back to life again and get that word off and dust it off. Amen. We're going to close there. Um, next month, we're going to finish this book. Can you believe it? <laughs> Two years, Pastor Ida, in this book. So it's been a long time that we've been in this book, but it's been a wonderful journey for us. So uh, we've got 30 minutes. So I'm on to do an activation. Can we do it? Yeah. All right. So um, got a question? No, I just to Yeah. What was what, what, Corinne. So Father, we just send the word right now to Corinne, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you, Lord. We just speak to the fever, and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, Father. We send the word right now, Father, to this precious one, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And we also send the word to Price. Um, Father, he said to me this morning that he was running a fever. So we speak to Price right now, Father, in Jesus' name, and we tell his fever to break now, too, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, David Dollar. Okay. Yeah, so we just cover our precious David Dollar right now, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you work through surgeons, Lord. And so, Father, we just thank you for working through them, Lord anointing anointing their hands, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you, Father, for a a wonderful outcome, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you, Father. We speak peace to David, peace to Ruth, Father, in Jesus' name. No fear. We render fear powerless, Father, in the name of Jesus. David Dollar doesn't take fear. He renders it powerless, Lord. So we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.